I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com covering the Big 12 top to bottom. Appreciate you being here. And uh, we are now being joined by our friend Kevin Keatsman. He's got a podcast, Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. He covers uh, not just the sports scene around Kansas City, the sports scene nationally for that matter, but also uh, politics, news, and of course, when KU and K-State and Mizzou, for that matter, are top of the conversation, he is doing that. He is the uh, most successful sports talk show host in the history of Kansas City. And his podcast, as I noted, Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, is must-listen-to as well when it comes to your podcast listening. Kevin, great to have you on the show, my man. Let's start off with K-State. You know that team very well. Chris Kleiman breaking that streak of mediocrity. He's got this team competing now for a Big 12 title. What do you make of the job that Kleiman has done this year, and how surprised are you by that? Yeah, I think it says a lot about the program that he's building, and he's obviously a very solid coach, a very good defensive coach, and he can find players, okay? Uh, he's got some guys that were not all that highly recruited that look like they're going to be pretty high draft choices in the NFL. So they've got some really, really nice players. But if we're going to be fair about Kansas State this year, I have not gotten any funny looks or responses from anybody I asked the question. But I will ask the question. If Chris Kleiman had started Will Howard every game this year instead of taking a 25-year-old six-year transfer from Nebraska, would K-State be 11-0? and And I think it's a legitimate question. Yeah. I know they would have beaten Tulane. I believe it would have beaten Texas. I don't know about the game at TCU, but it would have completely changed the season. Um, I, think he, I think he stayed way too long with Adrian Martinez, and, and now his hand is forced because Martinez got injured again. But this is a completely different offense with Will Howard playing quarterback. You know, I, I think about Will Howard, who we saw in bits and pieces the last two years since Skylar Thompson always got injured. I didn't think that Will Howard could take a Power 5 team to a bowl game, never mind play the kind of football he's playing right now and possibly lead K-State to a Big 12 title. Did you see uh, this uh, kind of progression from Will Howard ever happening? No. Here We heard he was a four-star recruit. He's the big, strong kid. He can see the pocket. He understands the game. He's as smart as you know Peyton Manning reading defenses. He learned all this stuff. And I would watch him play, and I'd go, that kid doesn't have enough of an arm. He's got a rubber arm. There's, there's no velocity. There's nothing to you know, where he's throwing it, and he didn't know where to go. This is the biggest surprise in K-State football history that this guy, and, and we heard it all spring, because remember, Adrian Martinez didn't practice, mm-hmm. okay? And he was limited in the summer when they started camp. You're like, you're bringing a guy in that nobody knows, and we've got a kid here that's been in this program for three years that everybody on the team has lifted weights with and run in the offseason and done all these different things, and you're going to go with a guy that they don't even really know or believe in that couldn't practice the whole time. All we heard out of Manhattan was, oh, my God, you should see Will Howard now. He looks great. He looks good. And so what do guys like me think when they hear that? Oh, I've heard that a thousand times about players that we've seen play that aren't very good. Well, Will Howard made the progression. What he does better than any quarterback that I've ever seen at K-State is he sees the field better. He's not the most gifted. He certainly isn't that fast. His arm isn't that great. He sees the field. He fi- receivers are open in college. It's easy to get receivers open in college football. He finds them, and he hits them. And I, it, it has just been a shocking surprise but if Chris Kleiman truly has seen this on the practice field day in and day out for months and months and months wow what might have been if he was the starting quarterback day one what do you think I mean what are you hearing in Manhattan was he just too tied to Martinez big time transfer comes in and doesn't want to basically make himself look bad to other potential transfers going forward was there pressure around that or what do you think it was well I think it was a coach that said Will Howard isn't good enough I can go get this guy. They've got a stud coming in next year. This Avery Johnson out in Mays is the highest recruited 
quarterback K-State's ever had. So he's got a guy coming in. Remember, Kleiman's got like three guys in the NFL to play quarterback. This is a defensive coach, but he's got all these quarterbacks he's coached that are in the NFL, which is really strange. I don't know how that works because I think if he had his way, they'd still be playing slow-down offense and running the ball. Colin Klein took over the offense this year and changed it all. And then when Will Howard plays, instead of Martinez, my God, it's an aerial show. I mean, they're just throwing the ball all over the place. I think Kleiman thought Howard wasn't good enough. I'm going to go get Adrian Martinez. You made a deal to bring Adrian Martinez in, and you're just not going to lose the job. It's his job. I think it was, I think it was predetermined, and I just don't think coaches should ever do that. So what about now? I mean, you look at this team, and they got KU on Saturday. They're a big favorite, of course, in that game. And if they win, uh, they're in the Big 12 championship taking on TCU. Is Chris Kleiman the guy right now that, that – I don't know how you felt at the time, Kevin. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on how you felt when he took over from Bill Snyder. Has he now exceeded expectations? Has he met them? How do we now look at Chris Kleiman and what he will have done after, what, four years with the program at this point? Yeah. Yeah, he's been great. K-State fans love him. He doesn't seem to have much desire to coach anywhere else. He's just almost best friends with Gene Taylor, the athletic director. So they're both very happy where they are. We don't go through a lot of drama every year of, oh, this job or that job. I don't think Kleiman's like that. Um, people who are close to him say he doesn't want to coach forever. You know, he's not going to be a guy that's 70 and still coaching, that he believes he can win everything he's ever wanted to win at K-State. He's got an unbelievable quarterback coming in next year. I think he feels like he's got a really good five- to seven-year window here where he's got signal callers. He always finds defensive players. He knows how to coach defense. The league, theoretically, is going to get easier maybe. I don't know. Cincinnati's pretty good. Some of these schools that are coming in, but – I, I think K-State fans love the guy. I think he's a perfect fit. And it, what's cool is he's out from under the shadow of Bill Snyder now. You know, it's Kleiman's program. You go win yourself a Big 12 title, and you're playing in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. You're not under that shadow anymore. And I, I'll give you a spoiler alert right now, and I'm no K-State homer. I promise you that. I am not. I've just watched this league forever, Pete. What happens with programs like K-State or TCU or Baylor when they're really good and they have that magical year where they can get into the college football playoff, they don't make it into the college football playoff. Kansas State is going to beat TCU in Dallas, and that's going to be the end of their dream. Oh, man. Oh, he's, he went there. He went there. Kevin, I you did. went there. Oh, I did. Man. Listen, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. TCU's been playing with fire. They've trailed six of their past seven right. games. Right. Yes. Yes. And K-State's been in this spot before. They were 11-0 one year and had their last game of the year at Baylor and went down there and got drilled, and that was that. It happens in this league. It's, what, it's really the way this league is. Oklahoma could get into the playoffs a lot of times with a loss. Every other school other than Texas, you got to run the table, and it's really hard to do. And, you know, TCU was miraculously won that game on Saturday. I mean, that was a miracle win. Mm-hmm. They should have a pretty easy time of it this week, but then they'll have all the pressure on them in that game in Dallas. K-State's not – K-State's just going out playing for a conference title. TCU's going to have the weight of the world on them that day. I, if Will Howard is playing, if he's healthy and he starts that game, I like K-State in that game. So let me ask you, you brought up something that, that um, I don't want anyone to uh, overlook what you just said there. Oklahoma or Texas could get into the playoff with a loss. Anybody else has to run the table. What does that say about the college football playoff and the current format that exists that depending on the name or the front of the jersey, it determines how many losses you can have to make the playoff? Well, it says the system still isn't very good, and I don't know why this has happened, but I've been saying, really, I'll show my age here, but I've been saying for 30 years, an eight-team playoff is the perfect playoff. You take every conference champion of the five big conferences, that's five, and you take three at-larges, and you've got yourself an eight-team playoff. Now, they want to go to 12, whatever they want to do is fine. They've got to get into a situation where if you win your league, you're in. So example here, 
okay, if K-State won against KU this week and then won their title game next week, that would be the automatic qualifier for the playoff. You would win your league and go into the playoff. we got to get back to winning your conference matters. And a lot of these schools, like TCU is the only team that I can think of really in the Big 12, their quarterbacks just played every snap all year, right? Everybody else has had quarterbacks out, jostling them around. That's what football is. And in college football, there's even more attrition. But if you're playing well at the end and you rise to the top and you're really good at the end and you go win your league, I think you should be the team in the playoff. And that, I, I've felt strongly about that for 30 years. Get back to win your conference and you're in something meaningful. I would love to see that be the format. When you look at this league, Kevin, top to bottom, I mean, with how KU, I know KU struggled here as of late, but with the fact that they are no longer the worst team in Power 5, uh, what should we look at the Big 12 as in terms of where it stacks up with the rest of the Power 5 conferences in college football? Well, it's probably the most interesting conference to watch any two random teams on a given day because it does look like anybody can beat anybody in this league. We, we've seen that. Now, TCU hasn't lost yet, but we've certainly seen them play teams that look like they're capable of beating TCU. Yeah. They just didn't get the job done. There's no dominant team here. This isn't, this isn't Georgia. Okay, It's not Ohio State or Michigan. It's not, it's not those. There's nobody in this league even close to those teams. And I'm not in any way suggesting that TCU could go win a national title. I just don't think they're that caliber. That's why I love this league. You know, this, I had some buddies who were sending me a text exchange earlier today. They're like, oh, I think the Cats are going to wind up in the Sugar Bowl or whatever. They're like, well, what if Texas wins? They could rob us out of the Sugar Bowl. I'm like, rob you out of the Sugar Bowl. The only thing you really want to play for is your league title. If you go get that trophy, that's a great year. At anywhere in this conference, that, that in and of itself should be a great year, and that should be your qualifier to something better. So, you know, would I, would I rather K-State win the Big 12 or win the Sugar Bowl? That's not even close. I mean, that's not even – there's no discussion there. So – I think what they've created with the round robin and a lot of the parity that they have in Kansas has helped a lot by not being so bad. They've created a really interesting competitive league that's different than the other leagues. Now, are people in Pac-12 country or SEC country going to become Big 12 fans? No, that isn't likely. But the product here in the Midwest and the Big 12 country is really, really good game-to-game, week-to-week. It's exceptional. What do you uh, make of Lance Leipold in terms of what this year has become? Nobody saw six wins, but losing five of six. I mean, Saturday they came out flat against Texas, got blown out. Is he still the coach of the year in this league, or is there somebody else? Well, there's a game left. If he loses a 55-14 to again, he's not going to be coach of the year. I mean, they, they just got drilled on Saturday, and it was – I have not followed every move he's made in every game his whole career at KU. Okay, but I've watched a lot of Lance Leipold, and there's everything to like about this coach. Saturday wasn't it. That was his worst day, and that was on him as much as any. Jalen Daniels was not ready to play quarterback. He was not healthy. If he can't run the ball, he's not Jalen Daniels. So at one point midway through the third quarter, Daniels had one carry for five yards, and that was a scramble. So if everything in the playbook is out and he can't run and he can't move, why did he start that game instead of Jason Bean? And I, I think that I think teams see that, Pete. You've been around this long enough. I mean, even if you play defense for Kansas, you're like, wow, Jalen's not healthy. We kind of know that, but he's the guy, so they're going to let him play. It creates a weird feel on the football team on the field that day. And, dude, they just got boat raced, and he made a lot of really strange decisions in the game and things that he was doing. It was not Lance Leipold's best day. I don't have any idea who they're going to play Saturday night. I mean, it's early in the week when when we're doing this podcast, but I don't think they've said, and and if you're K-State, you have to prepare for both of them. You just have to, but – Jalen Daniels was not ready to play, and Leipold just basically went out there and got beat 55-14 for his quarterback, and I don't understand it. Outside of the Big 12, Kevin, I just want to get your thoughts on this. What, what If you're Nebraska, 
What do you do for that dumpster fire of a program that has not been good since it left the Big 12? Well, they've had the right idea trying to hire inside, you know, with Frost. If you could find somebody that is Nebraska, that would be best because Nebraska now is not a destination job. So even if they found like the next big thing, let's say they found a, a Lance Leipold and he started winning in Nebraska and got him to nine and three, somebody may come calling and you may leave Nebraska. It's no longer a destination job. So they've done this to themselves. They should never have left the big 12. We say this about all these schools. They should never ever have left mm-hmm. the big 12. They just were so upset with Texas that they had to go they get to the Big Ten, and the kids on those teams are like, well, we don't, we're looking across the field of Nebraska. We don't think much of them. You know, there's, there's no stigma. There's no you know, honor in this. You know, in, in the old Big 8 and Big 12, Nebraska would show up, and you'd look across the field, and you're beat just because you're looking at the helmets. You were beat. And I, I just think they've made a lot of mistakes. They thought they, they're a, a better job than they are. I think they failed to realize that that program is really, really good when they have a really, really good coach. And, you know, the same thing can be said about Oklahoma, even with all the tradition. You know, when John Blake was there, they were getting pummeled. Howard Schnellenberger getting pummeled. You know, Lincoln Riley, they were good. And now they made the change. They're just a very average, beatable team with Brent Venables as their coach. Coaching matters so much, Pete. Nebraska's got to find a coach. They've got to find a coach because a few more cycles like this, and it's really going to be hard to hire somebody. It it really is. Uh, Kevin, Last thing, just looking at the Big 12 as a whole and looking at this league, uh, they got this new commissioner, Brett Yormark. He wants to nationalize uh, the Big 12. There's been rumors about Gonzaga and the Big 12 having conversations. Um, you know, you're right here in Kansas City. Of course, I'm right here in Kansas City. Uh, this region loves the Big 12. Do you think the Big 12 can go national, should go national, or is really honing down on, on this part of the world uh, the way to go about doing it for the future of this league? Well, I haven't heard one thing about why they're talking to Gonzaga and what they want to do. Is the goal here to have 16 basketball schools and 12 football schools? Then you're like the old chopped up Big East and people don't know who's in your conference and who's not. I think that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I think if you're, you either have a 12 or a 16 team league and you better have a football program if you're coming in. You don't go get Gonzaga. Look, as soon as Mark Few's gone from Gonzaga, what do you think that program's going to be? It's not Gonzaga. And he's going to retire here one of these days. Yeah. They have what? 4,000 students at that school or something. They don't play football. (laughs) If you Google Gonzaga football, their soccer team pops up. (laughs) So, I mean, it does. I'm like, you don't take that team in this league. You're not nationalizing anything by adding Gonzaga basketball. That doesn't move the needle. If you're going to do that, go get Creighton. You know, at least Creighton's in Omaha. They're really good. Creighton's got a great basketball program. I don't understand it, man. I, I, I would stick simply with programs that have football and basketball. And if you can find 16 that are worthy, then you do it. If not, get to 12 and stay there. And does Brett Yormark, I mean, you know, you know how big the Big 12 tournament is here in Kansas City on the basketball side, even without Mizzou. I mean, it's a huge deal. Uh, the football in Dallas, uh, you know, Brett Yormark's an NBA East Coast New York City guy. Do you think it makes sense to keep that, or would you start bouncing this tournament around and bouncing the football game around? Do you think you got to lock in Kansas City and Dallas? Well, I was on record as saying many years ago when Missouri left that I didn't think the Big 12 – should host a basketball tournament in a state where they don't have a school. So, I mean, they might as well be in Las Vegas if they're in Kansas. <laughs> they spend, all the money goes to Missouri. There is no school for Missouri in this conference. I don't understand it. Now, as a Kansas Cityan, Civic Pride, whatever, we, we love it here. You know, it's an event. It's, it's, it's basically a KU tournament is, is what the basketball tournament is. It's all home games for KU. It's the KU Invitational. No, I'd be rotating it. This thing would be in Oklahoma City. 
It would be in Dallas. It would be in Houston. Look at the cities they've added now. Orlando, Cincinnati, Salt Lake City. No, I'd be moving this basketball tournament around. I'm sorry to say that to Kansas City, but there is no way that I would keep it here. Football, I mean, I saw last week that uh, Clark Hunt said they might be entertaining some college football games. I know that goes back a ways, but would you move around the Big 12 championship game or would you uh, keep it at Jerry World in Dallas? I mean, Dallas is such a great place to play, Pete, and, yeah. and people like going there. The weather's better this first week of December, but I think if the Chiefs, there's a lot of talk in Kansas City right now for uh, some of your listeners if you're not following pro sports or whatever, a lot of talk about the Royals building a new downtown baseball stadium. Then the Chiefs would obviously get a new stadium somehow. We don't know where all this money's coming from, but I'm guessing the Chiefs will come forward at some point and say, look, the Big 12 is guaranteed us we're going to get three Big 12 title games or something like that if we build a new stadium. If they built a new football stadium, yeah, I think the Big 12 should have a game here maybe every third year or something like that. But right now, Dallas seems like a great place for it. He is Kevin Keatsman. Uh, listen and check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Kevin Keatsman has issues talking politics, news, sports, uh, not just pro sports in Kansas City and not just pro sports generally speaking, but, of course, the college sports as well, KUK State. He's going to be all over it the next week when K-State, as he predicted, punches that ticket to the Big 12 title and then takes down TCU. Kevin, we'll be talking to you soon, my man. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Pete. It's my pleasure. You do a great job with the site, man. I'm a huge college sports fan. Love Heartland College Sports. Way to go, buddy. Thank you, man. He's Kevin Keatsman. Always great to have him on. Hey, before you leave this podcast, leave a rating, review, subscribe, hit that five-star rating on iTunes. And also, if you leave a review and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, I'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you got to do is leave that rating and review and subscribe. And then send me that screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So appreciate you guys being here. We will talk to you soon. Take care.